Hello and welcome to another mental health podcast. Uh, once again, I'm Bradley and I'm joined by Stu. Hey, up. How are we doing? Very good. Well, you know, considering I'm not too bad at all. How about you? Yeah, not bad. Obviously, we're not going to completely avoid it, but we're going to try our best not to just go all coronavirus um, because I think we're getting to the point now where distractions ideal. What do you reckon? Yeah, sounds like a really good idea to me. I'm happy to be distracted like a cat with a, a cat toy. And yeah, I believe you've had one of the better ways of distracting, which is you've been looking at more VR stuff on the on the way. I'm trying to tamp down my enthusiasm for Half-Life Alex, but it's it's not helping. I'm very enthusiastic. And uh, what I did was I did a pre-order for it. So activated it in Steam. So it's sitting there in my Steam list. <laughs> But I can't play it. <laughs> That's like really cruel. But at the same time, it's dead exciting and it's there. What date's it actually out? It's out this coming Monday, the 23rd. So just about enough time to finish Animal Crossing and Doom. <laughs> I'm holding off on Doom uh, purely because I've A, got a backlog that's as long as, you know, the Mersey Tunnel. <laughs> and B, Half-Life Alex is, is there. So uh, I'm happy to get those out of the way a little bit and then get Doom Eternal a little bit further down the line. But what about you? Are you going to get Doom Eternal on day one? No, I, again, I, I'm going to be waiting. Um, I'm actually really jealous of people that are going to be getting to play Half-Life Alex. But I've tried my hardest to ignore it completely because I haven't got VR and I'm guessing you need VR. It's not one of those where it's VR optional. It's a pure VR game. I'm so... I've been one of those who's desperate for Half-Life 3. Now, if I'm right, because I've avoided so much, this isn't Half-Life 3. This, I suppose this is more akin to just a pure spin-off rather than an actual Half-Life game, or is it, is it actually being put together as a Half-Life game? It's a, like a 1.5, so it's set midway between what happens in the first game in Half-Life. Mm. Uh, well, actually, it gets confusing because there's loads of add-ons, but after all of the Half-Life add-ons and then before Half-Life 2... That's when it's set. So it's like after the events of the Resonance Cascade and uh, Zen sort of merging with Earth and the Combine coming along um, and the Seven Hour War, which is where they take over the planet. Uh, it's just about set there, but it's before Gordon Freeman gets pulled back out of stasis to uh, sort it all out for the G-Man. So as you can tell, <laughs> I know the law fairly well. So I'm quite yes. looking forward to it. So yeah, it's, it's set as it's a sort of pseudo prequel, um, and it gives them the room then to just explore some ideas. I think without having to have the stigma or concern that people would have of, of it being a brand new either episode or a you know full sequel. That's fair enough. No, I'm impressed you've learnt the law so long. I mean, it's been so recently that those games have come out that you haven't had much time to actually look at all the law behind it. So I'm impressed. Oh, yeah, it's like, you know, the wind blowing through your hair, the speed that Valve released stuff. <laughs> it's probably going to be, if I do end up at any point getting a VR unit, it is probably going to be the first game I try. Um, unless, of course, it comes out and it absolutely bombs, but I can't imagine that somehow. But, yeah, no, good. It's um, I'm, I'm happy for those who get to try it. Um, as I say, if that can't make VR shift, then I don't think anything will either. Um, but for me, I've been pl not playing, but I'm eagerly looking forward to Animal Crossing. I bet you are. I played Wild World and absolutely loved that. Never got New Leaf, unfortunately, because I didn't have a 3DS at the time. 
Um, so I never really got into that. But the DS one, Wild World was outstanding. And yeah, this is just oh, so, looks so good. And reviews have started coming out and it's getting nines and tens. And yeah, the hype is, is real for it. What do you like about that series particularly? Because like from my perspective, I don't like any games that simulate work in any way, shape or form. Unless that work is, you know, destroying aliens, basically. So what is it that really appeals to you about them? Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. And it kind of reminds me some games, like some simulator games. Like, do you know the episode of The Simpsons where they don't want to do their chores and then they go and uh, go to the arcade and he plays, far, not, not far, uh, like a um, gardening simulator and stuff like that. Um, it reminds me a bit of that um, with some games, but Animal Crossing, it's weird. I can't put my finger on why I like it so much because it's got a lot of the things I shouldn't like. The idea of you've got to keep busy and you've got to keep going back or, you know, you, you get overgrown with weeds and things like that. So you're spending time cleaning up and it shouldn't be something that's enjoyable, but it's relaxing. A lot of the stuff you do should be boring, but it's not. I just I can't honestly I can't explain a specific reason, but yeah, it's just a wonderful distraction. It's really hard describing why you enjoy things, anyway, isn't it? Which is why I put you on on the spotlight like that. I'm sure you appreciated it, but um, yeah, for for those sorts of games, it's it's funny the reactions that people have because like mine is utterly different. I I find things that it, it's this is probably my own problem but i think find things that are sort of intended to be relaxing so it's like deliberately slow paced so you get into that pace has the opposite effect on me and it makes me feel anxious it's kind of like walking down the street and forcing yourself to to take like you know do a cadence that's way slower than you normally would and i just find it really frustrating that i'm not going at the pace that i feel i I should rather than engaging with the pace the game's trying to trying to trying to do and as i say you know that's definitely on me that's not on the game no i get i get that and um when i play certain games that have huge stories to them and that i get to the point where if there's too long between what i'm meant to be doing and there's a lot of chat i'm hammering a button to try and get through and i might miss vital bits and i just want to get back to the game um as you said trying to explain why you like something i think sometimes it's easy you know for doom for example if you go what's good about doom it's well i'm shooting hell spawn in the face what's not to like i that's it's exciting you know you're shooting things um and you know football games you know i I like football so i enjoy playing football games and puzzle games you know tetris it's short it's sweet it's you know there's a logic to it it's great but yeah animal crossing I don't even find it relaxing. That's the weird thing. It does stress me out at times when I've played it on the DS. And I don't know, honestly, it's, I could end up being disappointed by it when I play it and I've overhyped it in my head, but I I don't, but (laughs) it's needed at the moment. Um, You know, with everything that's going on, this is almost a perfect timing for a game like Animal Crossing where there's no end game to it as such. You know, you're not going to be playing it over a weekend and you're done. You can go in for 10 minutes in, like, and just do a, a little bit of pottering about to do a couple of, like, busy, little bit of busy work, or you could disappear into it for four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours. It's the sort of game I think is very much needed at the moment. 
And I found myself this week, for example, worrying a bit more about the situations that are happening. 10 minutes away from it is good. But other times you might need a good three, four hours where you can just forget everything and go into it. And because there's something persistent about Animal Crossing, sorry, Animal Crossing, sorry. There's, um, you know what you're going to be doing when you go in there and you know you're going to have that distraction. And I think that's what the charm is. And whereas before it was from everyday life, now it is that way just to go, I can escape this just for that little bit. And that's going to be vitally important, I think, to, to personally my mental health, but that sort of thing for a lot of people's mental health over the coming weeks and months. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the VR side of things with, with Half-Life is going to be great because that's complete immersion and it's really healthy to take your mind away from from your everyday struggles. And I think well, you'll find like a huge spike in RPG playing as well, uh, both things like, you know, the new Final Fantasy game that's coming out and old-fashioned paper and pen, DM-based Dungeons & Dragons role play as well yeah. that people can do over Skype. I think what we're, I think what we're going to see, we're going to see some creative ways of not not specifically new video games but obviously people need to replace a lot of things that are going like gone missing now so obviously we can't go to theaters um and, and watch a play we you know we're not going to be able to go to the cinema it's needed in a way because again a lot of it is it's something to look forward to there's um a rise in popularity on marble racing um and that's been and, and people are watching that on youtube and it's it's just great to see and i think we're going to start to see a lot more appreciation for certain video games you know especially i'd love to see maybe a re-release of something like advanced wars on the switch which is asymmetric you haven't actually all got to be sat down at the same time but it's a nice daily distraction again a lot of this is going to be needed um and i say the timing of certain games coming out is really really good um but yeah, no, I'll try not to monologue, so I'm going to cut that there. But yeah, I'm looking forward to see what happens over the next month with video games, for sure. I hadn't really thought about the creativity side of it. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I expected that there'll be a lot of people in the, the new um, Call of Duty game, you know, uh, a great chance to just be continuously talking, you know, to, to people and, and making that connection and not feeling like you, you're isolated, which is a great thing. So you know, I think they're one of the services who can cope with a huge influx of numbers. So all, I mean, it's not my cup of tea, but all power to people who use that. But yeah, again, I think that is the case because we have to adapt. And I think we'll see more experimental games that are released for free as well. Because another thing I think a lot of developers and are going to realise and a lot of publishers have got to realise is even after this is over, like the immediate impact's over, people are not going to have the spare funds to spend £60 on a game minimum. So I think what we're going to start seeing is a real rise of the experimental indie game again. Um, now, that's obviously had an upward surge as it is, but I think we're going to see a massive rise in popularity of those because i think people are going to be able to go right this little free game here's great or this game that costs five to ten pounds i can play that i can afford that and it's fun i can't afford 60 pounds on the division three for example minimum um so it's a, but that's i think that's what's going to be interesting what comes out afterwards and how the gaming uh, world especially developers adapt to it smaller games that I hadn't once previously considered. So I've been playing Invento as well, 
which is an interesting little puzzle game where you're given like this little sushi box and i'm sure there's probably an actual word for what these these boxes are and the idea is you get given these little puzzle pieces that are little bits of sushi and you've got to fit them in the box to match the pattern or, or that you're told to match and it introduces mechanics in a really interesting way so some of it's just placing the right bit in the right part and then the others you've got ones that must overlay to get them in properly and you kind of fit them in and then you swap some colors around or some pieces sorry some pieces around and you get them all to fit to this tiny little box each puzzle lasts um, anywhere from about five seconds up to a couple of minutes, depending on how you think about it. Um, just a small little game that's come out of nowhere for me. Someone recommended it on one of the forums I use. And it's just, yeah, it's a lovely little thing. I think it costs about £4 something. Um, and it's a great example of just a, a nice experimental little indie game that you can play, you're done, move on to the next one. Uh, but yeah, if you get a chance, that's on the Switch at least. Might be on something else as well, but give that a try. Um, so, anything else you've been playing, or has it just been looking forward to VR at, uh, Half Life Alex? Sorry, <laughs> it has dominated my thoughts, but I, I'm quite near the end of Ricky and Vicky, which I talked about last week, and it's incredibly hard now. So, I'm chipping away at it, but it's really tough, uh, but still massively enjoyable everyone really really highly recommend it came out of nowhere for me but i've been playing um indivisible on game pass which just came out on the pc it's been available for the xbox for a while and um yeah it's really good it's so far at least an rpg it's done in a kind of vanillaware style of it's a side scroller with rpg elements and you run along bit platformy very light platformy and when you encounter enemies you go into an rpg rpg style fight and you have four characters and each one is mapped to a button and you have to time when you're gonna send them in using the button so there's a bit of a rhythm to it and using them effectively so i'm only a couple of hours in probably maybe three it's fairly lightweight the story's not amazing but it's very pretty and the combat's quite unusual and, and fun so i'm enjoying that so far Fair enough. Yeah, it's one I've had on my uh, wish list for quite a while, actually. And I, I've kind of, there's too much other, too many other things to play for me to watch up in, but it still intrigues me. Um, so, again, hopefully with the extra time we might have, it's one I'll get round to, to playing. But I, I, it's, it's good to know that it sounds decent enough at the very least. So, good. Yeah. I'm finding games that I wouldn't previous, previously have played because I don't want to risk the 40 50 pounds or whatever it is to get it but i'm now able to play it i'm able to try them um and i will and there's certain games i'll play where i've gone do you know what actually i want to support the developer and i'm willing to then buy it on another system as well um so yeah but no indivisible sounds like one of those i'm uh, i'll try jumping in at some point and see if i can offer some opinion on it so that's pretty much it in terms of games and I mentioned last week that I've had a few decent weeks or a couple of decent weeks where everything seemed to be either settled or on an upwards curve. I've been enjoying coaching the kids with football, which I still am. But almost like, I suppose, a night of drinking, uh, the next day you can feel a bit like crap. And I think the same comes with mental health. I've I've had a few good, well, I can't say a couple of good weeks and then... Last week, I don't, I don't know. I did not come down as such, but 
things started getting on top of me. Paranoia started hitting uh, and certain things. And every if I'd done something wrong, I was really letting it get on top of me. I, I, I was I dropped. Um, I was making myself uh, stir fry beef one evening, and I dropped the beef on the floor before it was going into the pan. And I just felt like crap about it. I was blaming myself. I was telling myself I was useless, um, getting quite upset, having an argument with my partner. Um, and then the next day, something else minor happened, and that got me into a stress as well. And it really got me to thinking is you can manage your mental health so, so well. You can do all these little techniques, but it's very hard when you do take a knock to then get out of that but that downward slide it's hard to climb and and you feel so good when you are climbing but as soon as you hit a slide the momentum of that just takes up so much quicker um, i don't know if it's anything you've noticed or again if that's just something i am picking up on myself i haven't i haven't had a a kind of trough like that for a while i have had that around work in the past and it is particularly difficult to get out of when it's work as well for me because obviously you've got to carry on engaging with that you don't have a choice so if your stressor in your life is something unavoidable like you know your family your kids your work it, it can be really tough and to get out of it I, I'm, I can't even really remember what I've done I think sometimes I've probably just sat back and done absolutely bugger all until it's just gone away and sometimes I've been a bit more proactive and spoken to people but yeah, no, I've definitely been there in the past, yeah. Yeah, and again, what, what's tough at the moment is, again, the FA have come out, um, and if for any Americans that are listening, the FA, the Football Association um, in the UK, they've come out and basically stopped all grassroots football. So I've not even got the outlet of being, I've had a bad week, let's do something good with the kids. Um, let's make their training session good or, you know, let's make them enjoy their game. So that's even been taken away. That, that, that's that been hard as well, knowing that the things that I could do to help sort of try and stem the flow have taken away as well. And I think that adds to it. Um, you know, another example I have is my son, he plays ice hockey and when he has a home game we all do jobs and this is more of a paranoia thing i put myself down um to be able to sit in one of the penalty boxes i put myself down as being able to do the penalty box one um but i was given penalty box two and i went back and that, and that really got got me annoyed i was like well i put myself down for one why am i doing two who doesn't like me? Maybe they don't like me. Is it my fault? Am I doing something to annoy people? And I was looking at it going, well, I was the first one who put down to say what specific job they was willing to do. So why have they given it to someone else? And letting that paranoia come in. Because I was on a downward spiral at the time, the paranoia starts setting in. Yeah, right. It's true. I mean, sometimes when I'm stressed, I, yeah, I don't even recognise it. And then I'll have a headache and then I kind of do a body inventory and I'm like, oh God, yeah, I've had my shoulders hunched for the last 18 hours, you know. And it's amazing that you could think that a human being wouldn't pick up the signs of what they're doing wrong for their own mental health. Um, but you can, you, you definitely can. And like you say, spiraling is always a possibility, especially if uh, you're feeling very 
stressed and, and tight within yourself and therefore talking it through with your partner might not be easy because they've got their own stresses. And so when you start talking to them, it can be a bit of a flashpoint occasionally. So, Yeah, and I think that that's the thing as well, because again, I think when you always look back logically at the way you've been, you look at it and just go, I don't know why I was acting like that to that. And I say the example I had where I spilled a bit of my dinner and I got overreacted to it. I speak to my partner about it, but it's just a repeat. I've done that before and I've, I've, I've got stroppy or upset about it and I've got that before. And it's, I get why someone isn't able to always turn around and go, it's all right, okay, I accept it. It's part of your mental health. It's fine. Because when you're repeating that time and time and time again, it becomes frustrating for other people. Um, and I look at it logically. When I've been out, to take my son to his ice hockey and things like that and I've just gone and sat in a corner or I've looked like I don't want anyone to talk to me I shouldn't be surprised when the next week people don't really want to approach me or um, or, or, or don't want to engage with me totally because they don't know what mood I'm going to be in mm. but I then start but because I was in a shop previously I'm blaming them for not wanting to talk to me and it's it's a really weird thing. Um, and one of the things I I, I learned was, do you know the phrase, "Oh, you've got depression, just cheer up," mm-hmm. um, and how that is considered such a horrible phrase, and you know it shouldn't be that. But at the same time, I get it because you cannot explain someone who doesn't suffer with mental health or hasn't had it around their life particularly much trying to. Ex- Explain to them how it affects you. It's nigh on impossible because when you look back at certain situations and, you know, I'm getting stroppy and upset because I spilt a bit of dinner. I can look at that myself and go, yeah, that's a bit pathetic. You need to not react to it like that. So I get why people who look at people who are on a slump go, well, just cheer yourself up a bit because it is so obvious logically. Just, you know, break out of it and clear it up. Mental health, it just doesn't care about logic at all. No. Well, it's not a mood disorder, you see, is it? It's uh, depression's not a mood disorder. It doesn't mean, no. yeah, when you've got it, you're, unha- you're unhappy, you're down, you're frowning. I mean, those can be a consequence. But, yeah, no, it's uh, when my wife went through a really severe patch, um, she outwardly was, you know, fine uh, in terms of, you know, day-to-day living and the way that she communicated to people. But it came out in things like, you know, stress, paranoia, um, you know, feeling like uh, isolated and she would not engage socially. She, you know, and I'm saying this about her, but, you know, these things have been part of my life in the past as well. Mm. Definitely not a mood thing. And uh, it's hard. Yeah. I think as people learn more as the years go on, they'll understand that a bit more. And I think people are getting there, but you're right. It is hard. And you wonder then how they'll react to you the week after. So. You said that that was what you went through and you feel a bit more leveled off now. So how yeah. how did you get to that state, do you think? How did you get to a place where you felt more leveled off? Um, as I say, honestly, I don't know. I was, I was sat here. I was um, playing a bit of Murder by Numbers on the Switch and we had to go out and do a bit of food shopping. I suppose as always, we went to Aldi. And this is actually, yeah, this is probably what did it. We went to Aldi and obviously we've been hearing the horror stories of, oh my God, it's like the apocalypse in the supermarkets at the moment and stuff like that. 
we went there. We took my daughter, which is never a good idea. Never a good idea to take your three-year-old shopping. Um, but so be it. We took her. Um, queues were massive. And my partner has a short fuse with people. And she wanted to get through. She went, you take the trolley because I'm just going to ram someone. I'm, I, I'm not going to. People are in my way. I'm just going to ram someone if they get in my way. And I'm very polite. I'm, I, I've always been, no, after you, after you, after you. I'd be great in Canada. I say sorry all the time. <laughs> um, so I'm like, excuse me, can we come, can I get through there, please? I said, I'm not trying to jump the queue. I just need to go round. And we get round. And I realized I was the calming influence. So, um, and then we got into a really long queue. And she's going, but the queues over there are all shorter. And I went, yeah, but look, they're all going to be the same. We'll just wait in this one. We haven't got to try and fight our way through. It might be longer. We might be here longer, but let's just wait in this one. Waited there. And so again, I was like, right, I'm being logical here. I'm actually being in control. And this is all fine. This is all really, really good. Edith decided to have a little bit of a coughing fit, which we joked about going, well, hopefully this will clear the queue out. There's a couple of young girls behind us. And they found it funny and got chatting to them a little bit. And it made the shopping experience good. And then literally from getting home from that, I was fine. I was, I'm saying not fine, but the, suddenly the downwards spiral that I was on, a kind of, that's when it had leveled off. Like I'd done something, I'd handled it well. And yeah, that saw me okay again and saw me, you know, not all of a sudden perky and happy and joyful, but I was like, like okay, I'm fine. And it wasn't specific, like at the time, going, oh, that shopping trip was really good for me. But I'm thinking, looking now, that was the catalyst for it. Yeah, that sounds like it. It really is. And um, yeah, that thing. I mean, the whole reason that we started doing this was about normalising and talking about these things in the open. And I think that shows mm. that when you, you know, sometimes if you get too far in yourself, like you say, and you spiral, sometimes the right time to connect to people is the thing that brings you out of it. And especially when you can demonstrate a skill like you did. So we're we're not very good in society, in particularly in the UK, at. Uh, praising people for what uh, are often dismissively called soft skills. So, you know, being able to talk to people, taking control, being mature and uh, being a good communicator and diffusing situations and making people laugh. And all of those things are thought of as ancillary to, to your daily life, but they're really not. They're, they're really great skills. And if you've developed them and you apply them, then you're going to feel so much better in yourself as well as making other people feel better. So that's a huge benefit. So it sounds really good. It sounds as though that was the perfect thing to happen at the perfect time and just drag you to the place you needed to be. Yeah. People, when they look for solutions, look for specifics. I'm going to do this and that will help me. But I think sometimes it's just, it's just got to come from somewhere, somewhere you're not expecting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, the last thing that sort of, um, you know, keep my interest and, and keep me uh, entertained this week, I've been fiddling with my Raspberry Pi. And uh, for those who don't know, and I'm sure everyone does, it's a mini computer that's developed by uh, UK developers and you can just mess around on it. It's Linux based, it's open source, so you can stick whatever you like on there. Uh, and I've been fiddling around with that this week and it's good because, you know, and I'm, a, I'm an IT pro, so that's my field, but I'm sort of Windows stuff and don't really know Linux. So it's partially applying my knowledge, but learning at the same time. So that's been a really good, a really good thing. And are you, what have you been doing? Is it emulators? 
No, I've been um, configuring it to block uh, adverts on a server level. So everything, every browser you hit on any device in my house now, all the adverts are blocked without having to be done on the device. Yep. Which is awesome. And also setting up Plex, which is a, a media streamer. So stick all my film, TV, music on a hard drive, connect it to the Pi, and it's configured so that you can access that on any device. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, yeah, so yeah, that sort of stuff, really. Excellent. We tr- we did try that a couple of years ago, trying to do stuff with the Raspberry Pi, um, see if my son would be interested in it. And it ended up just being a retro machine in the end. We tried a few bits and went, let's just stick a load of main ROMs on there. Um, <laughs> and that's what we did. Um, cool. But no, I think I'd say just to finish off as well, I think the one thing that's keeping me going at the moment, I mentioned it earlier, is Marble Racing. Um, if, if you get a chance, check it out. Um, you want to look for Marbula One, it's pronounced. Um, and it's it's just great. It's just people create a race course and the marbles go racing on the race course. Um, and it's all presented like it's professional motorsports. It's just, it's so <laughs> wonderful to watch. Um, Is that real life? That's a real life thing, not. Yeah, no, it's game. a real life yeah. thing. But I'm oh, waiting, right, I'm cool. now waiting for the first game to come out with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably um, next week. Yeah. Um, you know, mon- like someone's got, if someone doesn't make that as a monkey ball version, I'll be very, very disappointed. Um, but yeah, right. it's, but I, I that, yeah, that, that's been entertaining me for a bit. Um, and also um, football f- for football fans, seeing the way football clubs have been using Twitter to get through the Saturday kickoffs and things like that has been really interesting. So, yeah, no, lots lots of things to keep you distracted. Um, and there's going to be a lot more. And I dare say over the weeks, we'll probably talk about the ones we've come across. Um, Definitely. Yeah. But one way to keep yourself distracted is to listen to us every week. Um, so if I say if you like what we're doing as i said previously if it helps you in any way shape or form that is really good and i had one piece of good feedback this last week and it it really did warm my heart but yeah if you do like subscribe share do all that thing Um, but yeah hopefully we'll be back next week take care